welcome all to the Pro Football Radio Podcast. We are at episode 3434. This is your co-host, Jay Chima, with the pride and joy of Merrimack, New Hampshire. Yes. God damn, that felt good. Your thoughts on that intro? That was great. Yeah, it must have been a good day at work, day. Uh, it was a good day, dude. Nobody was in the office, so I did nothing. So, like, pants were optional today at work? Or? Yeah. Yeah. There's, like, a big conference going on in Las Vegas, and everybody was out there. Oh. Uh, so, <laughs> there you go. I was free my own devices, you know? All right. All right. Yeah, and it's uh, it's a nice office you got there. So nice. would you have like every TV little little? little yeah, I have, I have a little iPad that I usually like run like ESPN on. Right, right, I'll right. I'll have like uh, first take in the morning. I'll have like um, undisputed. Right. Everything running in the background. So yeah, it's a good day, man. And I'm happy. The fucking uh, the winter. I'm sorry. The uh, the fall weather is turning. You know. Right. It's, uh, Halloween soon. You know. Uh, what's uh, what's what's on the agenda for costumes for the Puma? The costumes of the Puma. Yeah. It's it's me in like you know comfy clothes on my couch because yeah. we like in the neighborhood here. There's like one fa- well, there's a family that just moved across the street. They're like fixing up the house. Either they're like actually doing like a complete remake yeah. or they're trying to flip that shit. But there's really only one family in the neighborhood, and they come and they like they nuke our like air quote candy basket because we buy like two bags of candy. Yeah. So then the rest is me being a fat ass on the couch, just chomping away, getting diabetes over the evening. Diabetes. The the dot the diabetes. Yeah. The diabetes. So not a whole lot of people come through on uh on uh, Halloween. Yeah. I I like fall and I hate fall at the same time. Like. I'm not a leaf peeper, but I do enjoy like the oh, fall leaf I love colors. It. I love it, dude. So like I enjoy that, yeah. but I don't enjoy fucking raking the yard. Mm, yeah. Like I, I raked a little bit on Saturday and I I did like a decent amount of damage and I pulled up today, you know, to record at the amphitheater. Yeah. Bro. Everywhere. Front yard is a goddamn mess. I don't have any more bags from Home Depot. Well then why I don't, don't you go to just, Home Depot? Why don't you just wait until all of this on the ground and then do it? Or is that a stupid See, question? You know, I thought most of it, like for the, the the brunt of it, was done. I was like, you know, I'll do like little pe- little, little piecemeal work. I'll get this yeah. done because last year I waited till the spring after the smoke, the snow melted, yeah. to rake, and I wanted to shoot myself. Yeah. So I get it. I get try it. to do a little piecemeal work, and okay. I'm still getting pissed at the yard. So all right, well, uh, homeowner life. Uh, speaking of spooky and Halloween, I'm uh, I'm like 99 percent sure. That my apartment is haunted. Uh, get the fuck out of here. Dude, I'm not lying to you. I think it's haunted, bro. All right. All right. Let's go. E- either, Ghost Adventures. Either, we got. No, either that or somebody is in my apartment fucking with shit. You know what I'm saying? Or or uh, a third option. I'm ha- I'm going through dementia and I'm starting to lose my shit here. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, I'm starting to lose my mind. So. <laughs> Seriously. Like, you know what I'm saying? Dude, where the fuck does the time go? Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> all right. So tell me. All right. So haunted. listen. So Saturday, got? right? This past Saturday was one of those days where I spent most of the day outside, right? Like, you know, it's one of those days where you go. Like, it was a know, nice day Saturday. Too. Yeah, it was a great day, right? So like I went out. I did errands. like went to the, the gym. Had a couple things planned, right? And I didn't get back until like I left the house at like 9, 9 o'clock in the morning. And I didn't get back till like 11 p.m. at night. Right, so long day, right? Away. Yeah. Now, when I get back, um, I go into my my bedroom, right, and just on my fucking work desk, there's a there's a uh, there's a roll of toilet paper just sitting there that I did not put there that I can't remember putting there, and I'm pretty sure it wasn't me. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. my thought process is my apartment is fucking haunted, bro. Okay, interesting. Your thoughts? Oh, I mean, 
if I can find my GoPro, I'd let you hook it up in the apartment, you know, for, for a couple of days. You yeah. know, you could set it out. Yeah. Be like, all right, here we go. We'll do a little time lapse. I got a decent memory card. So you can probably record for the whole day. Yeah. That's interesting. Now, it's not I like that apartment. It's not like it's an old building. Yeah. It's, you know? uh, it's a newer building. And I don't remember. Is it so on I, an Indian burial ground? Do you know that? I mean, I don't know, dude. Could be, right? Mm-hmm. But like, but then on top of that, like if somebody was in my apartment and fucked with me, why would they, why would they fucking put toilet paper from underneath the you counter was? into? It was the guy when we, I helped you move in. Yeah. And it was a dude, the kind of weird looking guy that did the tour of the, uh, the parking garage. For like where the like where your parking spot was. Oh you know, yeah, like, yeah. He, he's probably messing with you, bro. That guy's fucking weird. He was something else. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Fucking weird. Weirdo. Like, there's lots of weirdos out there, bro. Hey, they gotta work, dude. Speaking you gotta of my, get paid, right? Speaking of my apartment complex, you know how like when I go from the garage up to my um, second floor, yeah. And in the elevator, there's always like the the menu of like what's happening. Um, during that month, like yeah, it's like a community, yeah, yeah, yeah. community engagement, like upcoming thing. events, and yeah. Shit. yeah. And usually I look at it and I fucking laugh. I'm like, I'm not going to that shit, right? Right. But this past weekend, I was like 99% sure I was going to go to one of these things. What was it? It was so listen to this shit. It was the 2019 um, Western Connecticut UFO Expo. It was being held at the Danbury Library. And I was like, dude, I am fascinated by UFOs. That shit's real. Oh, I real. know. You were talking about that Netflix special with, uh, what was it, Mickey Rourke? Yeah, yeah. Being like the yeah, commentator. The, yeah, right. Mickey, like, I can't even do a Mickey yeah, Rourke it, it was just He would just come out of nowhere and be like, aliens. <laughs> they thought it was, they thought that it was just a, a new experimental airplane. They were fucking wrong. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> trying, to, trying to be all dramatic about it. You like, know, bro, it's like, uh, Mickey, come on. Mickey. Come on. It's not that life's gone to this point for you that you're doing Netflix uh, voiceovers. You but... know, like, Mickey Rourke did, like, professional boxing for a bit. Yeah. Dude. Did he really? Oh, yeah. Is that where all this fucking I mean, he, CTE comes he from? He was, like, a, you know, great actor. He was, you know, he was big in the early 90s, late 80s, I think, and it was his heyday. And then for some reason, he thought it would be a good idea to be a boxer. I think Freddie Roach trained him. He got a couple of professional fights. And then, like, he did, like, the whole plastic surgery bit. And then I think, you know, typical Hollywood actor stardom. Let's, you know, we we find a little issue with drugs and addiction. And, yeah, then you... You got Mickey Rourke today. Granted, he was great in the wrestler. That was a that's I've a never, pre that's a pre two thousand movie. So you can that falls yeah, in the category sorry. of of J Chima status. You can you can watch that. It's pre or post. Uh, I'm sorry, post. Oh post, yeah, post two thousand. I'm You're on fine. board. I'm on board. Yeah, the wrestler. Watching it tonight. Yeah, wrestlers. <laughs> wrestlers actually, it's a really good movie. Is that? I think I think it was either nominated. It was definitely I think nominated for an yeah. Oscar. I don't think it won anything. Yeah. But that was that was a great speaking, movie. Speaking of movies, man, like um, so you know how we always joke about the uh, the Genesis halftime show. You mean trash? What right? the hell was last that's night? Pretty bad. Uh, Genesis halftime show. That's what it was last night. I know it was last. I know yeah. that it was that. But like, what the hell was that? It was like a pool party. It was like a guy. Well, doing I, don't, like a I didn't watch it. I just, I just I'm playing the bass. Yeah. No, ESPN, do me a solid. Just roll out Chris Berman. And and you know Jackson with the bum a torn Achilles. Just just give me that. Give me the highlights. Give me the 60, 60 seconds. Go back well, to vintage ESPN. Right. Please. I mean, I get that. But like the reason why I bring it up and the reason why the movies kind of jog my memory was like, I they forced us to watch that shit Star Wars trailer last night. I thought it was great. And I'm sitting there Speak thinking, 
Dude, what the fuck? Like, why do people get so like over the top crazy with Star Wars? It's so stupid dude, it's looking. It's epic. Oh my god, it's dude! An epic. Like even the new ones, I try to watch, and I'm like, this is some fucking dude, nerdy epic. shit, bro. You, I can't. See, you gotta like, watch. I, the I nerd shit. out. I nerd out on like you know Marvel, Marvel uh, movies and like superhero movies, and I love all that shit. But I can't get into Star Wars, bro. It's not ah, my man. thing. It's you got you, yo. I get it. It's, it's for some people. It's not for others. But yo, Star Wars. It just looks stupid. Star Wars, and is I don't like, get what's going on. Ask it. Ask the better half. Ask my fiance. I was like, I looked at him. Wait, like, you're a Star Wars fan? Fuck yeah! Oh my god, love Star you, you Wars. Would be. I told Tara, you would like, be. I'm like, yo, hun, yo, me, pops, movie a day, movie day, like that. Dad, dad's a huge, huge Star Wars mark. Yeah, but like, I get it because like that's like the era he grew up yeah, in, right? Like, in the I 70s. grew up with that shit, man. Yeah, like you, the earlier stuff. When they did, they did a re-release when I was a kid. They did a re-release of like the earlier movies with the updated like THX sound effects, like the updated CGI, and that shit was dope in the movie theaters. And yeah, I've been a Star Wars mark since. Oh my god! All right, all yep. right. Well, I mean, I guess if you want to nerd it up like that, then that's fine. That's yeah. fine. <laughs> nerd it up. That's fine. Um, but no, finishing my point of the alien thing, like. I wish I would have gone, looking back. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I really wish I would have gone because I felt like it would have been a great time just seeing all these losers get dressed up at this Western Connecticut Expo in Danbury, you Connecticut. your future wife. <laughs> I guess I could have. Don't know. I guess I could have. But it got me thinking. You know how they always say, well, first of all, do you believe in, uh, like, intelligence life out there? I, I think there is some, I, I think it's yeah, out there. I, I believe I, that as well. It would be naive to think that yeah, we're the only yeah. ones. You know if what I'm If we saying? were that arrogant to think that we're the only ones here, then we're fucking, we're stupid, right? But it got me thinking. You know how they say that whenever intelligent life is going to discover humanity, it's not going to be by them like whizzing by and seeing our planet. It's going to oh, be. Oh, hey, cool. It's a rest stop. Yeah, right? It's not going to be like that. It's going to be more uh, some of the transmissions we send out to the uh to the to the universe, right? Trump Ra- on Twitter. Radio, radio waves or whatever it is that we're sending out, right? Believe me. And I was thinking, imagine if they came across the Profile Radio podcast as their first introduction. It'd be like the Butterfinger commercial. <laughs> like, calm down. <laughs> like, don't lay a finger. Yeah. Don't lay a finger on my uh, PFR podcast. Yeah. Like, that would be, that'd be dope. Could, well, it's better than fucking having something like the Kardashians out there. there and that's go. our Let's first. See, now, now you're just trying to get me ramped up. What do you mean? I, just trying to get me Brandon, ramped up. I would never. It's, Brandon, it's I would all, never. It's all... It's all OJ's fault. Brandon, that's all I'm saying. Never. It's not OJ's it's fault. It's all OJ's fault. Listen, I'm not going to have this debate with you, but it's not OJ's we're fault. Not, we're not going down the rails. It's not it's, OJ's we're fault. We're like 10 minutes into the podcast. But regardless, regardless, imagine if the Kardashians <laughs> was the first thing that like aliens discovered. If that's the first thing, how like Independence Day opened up, where like they, you know, the, the blue beam comes down, like they blow up every major city, do it. Yeah. If that's the first thing you land in the you know the you know the atmosphere you're on Earth and like say you get access to a TV and your first thing is to you find you know the Kardashians with Kanye West nope blow it up go for it end it all how how do you view the Kardashians because I view the Kardashians as oh it's been well documented no how I view no, you, the you, Kardashians you let me finish Jay. you let me finish I view the Kardashians as the Kardashians are this super um, hungry for money and like ads and fucking like you know likes and this stuff um, family and then I view Kanye as just batshit crazy like I feel like those two are different you know what I'm saying or do you view them as one now. Oh, one. Really? One. I, I see that as two different fucking I mean, entities. they're all bad shit crazy. It's all like, you know, air quote controlled chaos. Yeah. But like, no. It, OJ doesn't kill question. anybody. You Let don't have your the question. Kardashians. Let me ask you a question. You have to spend a a, a evening, right? Dinner with uh, either Kim Kardashian or um, Jason Dusky. 
Can I choose who, death? Who would it be? If you had to pick one. I mean, I guess, I guess Kim, and here's my logic. Here's my logic yeah. is, you know. You don't get raped? I don't have to. Well, that too, but I'm, I'm not going to finish that comment. So <laughs> my logic here is, all right, we go to this restaurant. There's Kim. Okay. Like, I'll start off nice and be like, hey, like, nice to meet you. And then I'll just, like, start ridiculing until she leaves. Like, I will do whatever I, it, it takes for her to leave what the if, table. What if it was a – has to be a five-course meal over a span of three hours, and you have to discuss her – what she what's the endeavor she on at trying to become a lawyer? A lawyer, or whatever prison her, advocate. Yeah, yeah, whatever she's trying to be right now. I mean – Whatever. I guess I'll be ridiculing it on a full stomach. Okay. okay. So talk- All right. So the bar is Jason Dusky, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, come on. Like, it's like, oh, do you want to, like, have dinner with, like, a priest from the Boston Parish? Fuck no. Like, absolutely not. Like, no. No. Just, I'm not even going to. No. I'm not which, gonna go down if that If you have to hole. single out one of the Kardashians, which one do you hate the most? Is there one that stands out more than anything to one you? One that stands out. You know what? I guess Kim. Why? Why Kim? Because like, all right, the whole OJ bit, right? That puts the family on the OJ didn't map, start it. Puts it on the map, and then your your family's really only known because you had a sex tape with Ray J. What's all that? that but what's like what's that's that's tape? that was their biggest contribution I, to society. I sex and then tape. somebody at E E, uh, e Entertainment was like, ah, you know what? Let's give the Kardashians a show. Let's just see what happens. And then, like, I don't even know how how long, how many years it's been. It's probably been like ten plus that we've gone down this rabbit hole of you know who's Chloe you know hooking up with or married to. Is she back with Lamar? Is, is, was Chloe with Lamar? Yeah, I don't even remember. Chloe was Lamar. Yeah, and yeah Lamar almost died. Lamar leaves. Lamar comes back. Which Kardashian is going to kill an NBA career? Because we already know. Well, actually, Kim kills NFL and NBA careers. Reggie Bush, Chris Humphries. You know, yeah. So yeah. It's all because thanks, Ray J. Just. And record a video and I, I put gotta, it out there. I got a thing for the mom, Chris Jenner. I don't know what it is. I'm a big fan of her. <laughs> I'm gonna dignify that with Why? Why not? I think I think she's a fascinating lady. I mean, what she's built, she's the mastermind behind all this shit. We all know that. Uh-huh. Like it's not Kim or Chloe or fucking Courtney or even OJ. It's fucking it's just Chris back there fucking masterminding all this shit. Uh-huh. I think she's fascinating. I think she should run for public office. She, 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 At this rate, Jay, in 2019. Why not? She should. Why not? We she got should, the apprentice there. She should be our president. Why not? It wouldn't be much worse than what it is now. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Look at the guy, fucking Fritz Weatherby from New Hampshire with uh, with New Hampshire Chronicle. It's a, it's a local thing. It's like okay. this old guy. You know, no offense to people that watch the show, but t- tell me I'm wrong. The guy looks like he died and nobody told him yet. Mm. So no, just right. no. Yeah, Fritz Fritz Weatherby run. Come on. All right, all you got right. Vermin Supreme running. He's got like a fucking boot for a hat, for Christ's sake. Come on. I don't know who that Let's is. Let's go. Google Vermin Supreme when, when we're done recording. Okay. You'll understand. Right. Okay. Well, besides that, man, how was everything else? <laughs> how was your weekend? Uh, how you was know, your wasn't day? That bad. You know, just, just raking and yeah. all that other nonsense and just, just hanging out around the house and yeah, not, nothing, nothing too crazy. Should we get started on Podcast 34? I guess. Yeah. I mean, what, we got like 15 minutes of randomness? Yeah, you know what we do next week, though? And I kind of miss this. I kind of miss bringing back the, uh, what we used to do in the fucking oh, summertime. the game. The game. Game yeah. of the week. I should do the game of the week yes. next week. But the problem is, like, the fucking time crunch between the Sunday night game and the Monday night game and, like, Tuesday when we record, it's just, it's too much for me. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, work and everything else that goes in between it, I just can't manage it, bro. 
It's fine. It's fine. All right. It's all right. I, I really can't wait for the summertime to come back. It's going to be a relaxed podcast. Not like yeah. time crunch to fucking get all these notes in, you know? You know? It's going to be great. Game of the week. Next week. All yes, right. sir. Uh, let's see. As always, we will start with the three storylines that uh, stood out to us in week seven. Mine are going to be the Patrick Mahomes injury and what it does for the FC landscape. Um, the Cowboys and uh, how they took the lead in the NFC East with their defeat over the Eagles and the Patriots offensive woe updates. How about you? So what's your So I got, lines? you know what? Y- y'all don't at me. Don't at me. Indy, the Indianapolis Colts are one of the best teams in the AFC right now. Uh, second point I'm going to go with that uh, was a statement win by Baltimore on the road up in Seattle. And then my last one was a little, little quirky, a little off, off reservation here. Antonio Brown, could he be back by the trade deadline? A little after the trade deadline? A little little news came out on Sunday from Jason Flack and Forrest. So I want to yeah. touch base on that. Awesome. Okay. Well, the first storyline that I want to get to is the uh, the Patrick Mahomes injury. Uh, Thursday night, it was Denver versus Kansas City. Again, by the way, did you pick that the Denver's? I did. <laughs> Denver Broncos I, were going to I whiffed <laughs> on a lot of these picks this week. And, and Sometimes the, you got to put your balls out there, Jay. We'll get to the Jets and the Patriots one as well in a second. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> but um, we're not going to rehash all the injury and everything because it's been everywhere i'm sure you've already heard about it but we want to discuss what i want to discuss is basically how his injury um basically changed the landscape in the afc right now just a quick quick little rundown of what happened he dislocated his kneecap and from all accounts patrick Mahomes didn't do any major damage to his ligaments right no tears no yep. nothing now he'll be back in a span of three to six weeks recovery time and in regards to his long-term health, this is a quick point I want to make is I do think if I was a betting man, I believe that his kneecap will pop out again. Um, it's one of those things where if it's happened once, especially on a quarterback sneak, mm-hmm. um, it might be some sort of genetic impurity in the knee, right? Um, it's kind of like how when people pop out a shoulder and once they do it, it happens over and over again. So it might just be a genetic thing. It's something he'll have to kind of watch and he needs to do whatever he can to strengthen that knee, um, whether it's like, you know, wearing a heavy brace or, you know, going through all kinds of like workouts or whatever it is to compact that kneecap and the patella tendon to make sure everything stays in structure. Right, right. right? Real quick, real quick. I, I did consult with our uh, our injury expert, you know, play, uh, trainer. Uh, her name, like I said, Allie. She, Texas Tech, went there. She actually it, just missed uh, Patrick Mahomes when she was, uh, she left and he just came oh, in his, really? his uh, freshman year. So is she like our go-to medical expert? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right, absolutely. Right. She's, you know, you can f- check out their Instagram page, NHATA Athletics, I believe. And I believe that's also the Twitter page. I'll also put that up there. Shameless plug. But, um... Real quick, she did say that if there's no ligament tears, three to six weeks seems like a valid time frame. But to your point, the probability of that knee popping out it's without high. a brace is very it's high. high. And yeah. it wouldn't take a Even whole lot for that to happen. Even with a knee brace? And, and listen, I've, I haven't been through any physical, like, professional, like, sport. But I have been to three knee injuries, two ACL tears right. and uh, one meniscus. And from what I understand from my doctors is like it's sometimes a genetic impurity yep. in your knees, in your joints. You know what I'm saying? And if it, and luckily I didn't have that impurity where like my kneecap popped out, um, which actually Teddy Bridgewater happened to him. His and he almost, he almost he almost lost his leg. And yep. that's how bad it could have been for Zach Patrick Mahomes. Style you know? too. But if I had to be a betting man, I think it's going to happen again to Patrick Mahomes. Oh, yeah. and he's got to be careful of that. Mm-hmm. And that's why I wish they, were, they wouldn't rush him back. Um, I know like everybody thinks he's safe to come back now but if it happened once it's more than likely going to happen again 
Now, in regards to the AFC landscape, uh, the three to six week recovery uh, time frame that Patrick Mahomes has been diagnosed with has opened up the door for teams such as the Ravens, who had a great win against the Seahawks, the Colts also won, the Texans and the Bills to play for that number two spot. Um, now, in my eyes, this all but solidifies the Patriots getting the number one spot. Uh, regardless of what their issues look like on offense, that defense is good enough for us to garner that number one spot now yep. in the AFC, especially with Patrick Mahomes being down for three to six weeks. Now, the the bigger the bigger point here is somehow the the the, the Chiefs have to kind of get through the next uh, six weeks or whatever it is, and kind of come out three and three, or maybe like you know. Uh, four and two or whatever they can but it's going to be hard with their upcoming schedule right yeah they got the ravens i'm sorry they got the packers this week they got the vikings the titans the chargers raiders and the patriots for the next six weeks and if they are two and four in that stretch that's like way down there man that's like these guys are going to be like a wild card at that point because it's a golden opportunity for the raiders to also make a move as well with the with patrick Mahomes going right down. right so, exactly so his injury and how he's going to be out for uh you know uh Two, uh, three to six weeks, it's, it dramatically shifted the landscape in the AFC. Right. And then Andy Reid, I think he came out yesterday saying that, like, oh, you know, we're, we're, look, we're looking at the, the injury timeline. But they were they were trying to say, like, he could be back sooner than expected. Yeah. I mean, they're well, don't bi- do it. What's the point their of it? bye week is week 12. And as a Dolphins fan, I've had a good look at Matt Moore. I actually li- I I like, like Matt Moore. I like Matt Moore I like a lot. Matt Moore, yeah. And I'm going to pitch this theory. This is no shade against Patrick Mahomes. But the fact that Matt Moore might be under center, I like to think that offense is going to be a little bit more balanced. It was yeah. always a little bit more pass heavy. Mm-hmm. They barely ran the ball. If you factor in the the last game against uh, Denver, uh, over the last four games, they ran the ball a total of 75 times. Yeah. Like, you need to establish the run a little bit. You need a little bit more balance. You need to keep de- opposing defenses off pace. And some of these defenses, they can be beaten on the ground, like Green Bay. I mean, the the Chargers defense, they haven't really looked that, that uh, you know, dominant, except for Bosa. I think Ingram's still out with an injury. I mean, if, if Matt Moore can keep them treading water, they get to the bye week, week 12, and then you get Mahomes back against Oakland in that huge matchup against the Patriots, I think they could be in good shape. Yeah. And I think it's going to be a more balanced yeah. attack. So, And I'll hit on that as well when I get to my um, Kansas City versus Green Bay analysis. But Matt Moore, I, I'm sold on him. He filled in great for the Dolphins yeah. when he was there. He filled in great for the Panthers when he was there. Yep. I think he's a serviceable backup. He's a great backup, and I think he'll, be, he'll do just fine. Yep. If you can just get him to 3-3, three and three, oh, wonderful. Okay, yep. you know what I'm saying? Um, okay, your turn, sir. So mine, uh, like I said, don't at me, but... Indy, I think, is one of the best teams in the AFC right now. They had a huge win in an AFC clash, uh, AFC South clash with the Texans. Uh, the Colts came out on top. Brissett, he had a career day, 26-39, uh, 326 yards passing, four touchdowns, zero interceptions. Uh, and everybody's getting involved in this offense, whether it's you know Zach Pascal, six receptions, 106 yards, two touchdowns. Eric Ebron, the guy that's always been known for his stone hands in Detroit, he had toe uh, toe drag swag in the end zone against Houston uh, this past weekend to T. Y. Hilton. Like this offensive unit stack, this offensive line is great. The defense is young, the fast, mobile, agile, hostile. I think this defense is great. Uh, and this old line, like I said, I think it's one of the best in the NFL right now. And I think they could go toe to toe with, you know, the, the, the Pats, the Chiefs. They, they went toe to toe with the Chiefs, the, the, the Ravens. Uh, if I had to rank the AFC right now, I got to go New England. 
Indianapolis. I might go Baltimore right now just because Mahomes is down. I think that win up in Seattle is massive. Right. What they did was massive. Right. So New England, Indianapolis, Baltimore, Kansas City, and then I get Buffalo. Buffalo right there. Yeah. So this is going to be it's going to be one of the most interesting teams to watch. And I don't think, in all honest opinion, I don't think Frank Reich's getting enough love he should be getting. I think he should be really the front runner for coach of the year. Everybody's been saying like, oh, Sean Payton, coach of the year after the performance against Chicago. And it's like, listen, Frank Reich won. We could go back in the annals of time. He wasn't even the Colts' first choice. Josh McDaniels backed out, and then he was the backup plan. And then you got Chris Ballard rebuilding the team through the draft. You get Frank Reich here, and then you have your franchise quarterback, all-pro, all-world talent, Andrew Luck, retiring two two weeks before the season starts. And then you have Jacoby Brissett step in. And this team has been going gangbusters right now. And I, I think they could make a lot of noise. Brissett could make a run for an MVP vote if they keep going this way. But Frank Reich, he's got to be getting some love for MV, uh, for Coach of the Year. And there's something to be said, um, and I'm not knocking Andrew Luck, but we all knew one of Andrew Luck's biggest issue is turnovers, right? Um, for sure. The fact that he's very careless with the ball. And it seems that Jacoby Brissett is a more, maybe it's just the way he was taught in New England. Maybe it's who he is. Um, but for some reason, he doesn't put the ball at risk, and he manages the game better. Now, he's not as explosive as a talent Andrew Luck was. His arm talent isn't there as, as Andrew Luck says. He can't run as well as Luck. But as man- managing a game and a game manager, I-, I think he's probably the best in the business right now. Right. He reminds me of Alex Pimple with a little better intangibles. Right. He moves you know? enough. He keeps the play alive. He, You know, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm on board with that. Yeah. I just think if he keeps us up, MVP, dude, he should be getting some MVP dude, love. Looking back at that quarterback room in New England with Garoppolo, Brady, and fucking Bursett, I mean, mm. these guys are what, like, uh, so 7 0, 6 0, and 4 and 2. 4 and 2. That's a, that's a really good winning percentage, mm-hmm. right? Okay, cool. Uh, my next uh, storyline from week seven was the Dallas Cowboys winning over the Philadelphia Eagles. And quieting all that noise after an 0-3 slide. And after watching the Patriots and the Jets last night, how did the Cowboys lose to the Jets? I don't get that. This is why this league is so fascinating, right? It's like, who the fuck knows what's going to happen on Any given oh Sunday. Oh, my God. So they, uh, they, they actually beat down the Eagles 37-10. Uh, and they played their best game of the season so far. Uh, it seems as if the Dak-led boys, and I guess ever since he's been, he's been in the league, which is 2016 uh, with Zeke, um, it seems like they always have the, the Eagles number as of late. I feel like there aren't many that, that there aren't that many wins. Yeah. Um, Every the time Eagles they're in Jerry the World, boys. I think yeah, they right? drop a they drop an L. Yeah, and this was the the Cowboys' most lopsided win over Philadelphia since a 34 to zero shutout in 1988. I mean, they beat them 37-10. It was kind of it's quite embarrassing for the Eagles on I mean, national it was 14-0 TV. Fourteen nothing within the first what five minutes. Yeah, and, and like it's okay for the Patriots to blow out the Jets on national TV because the Jets suck, but the Eagles are uh, potentially a playoff team this year with a hopes of winning the Super Bowl before the season started. So that was a massive embarrassment on the Eagles side. Uh, Dak was very efficient. Um, he was two thirty nine yards passing, one touchdown, one interception, and a QBR of sixty five point one. Um, Zeke had a great day, 111 yards and a touchdown. He's starting to look like he's starting to really form into uh, his own. Uh, uh, he's playing into shape. Um, and then the defense was absolutely stout, man, because they forced Wentz to a 29.3 QBR. So he didn't even look comfortable back yeah. there. Wentz, yeah. I mean, he, he looked very uncomfortable. He looked, he looked shaky. Yeah. He. I'm gonna get into this a little bit more on the Eagles, you know, breakdown a little bit. But 
super shaky. I mean, he even a snap, like he botched a snap. That was a costly turnover in Eagle territory. Yep. It was a bad day at the office for everybody, including the coaching staff of Philadelphia. Sure, I get that. Um, and the final point on that is, man, I'm convinced the Cowboys are going to win this division. I'm convinced, you know what I'm saying? You got the Redskins who are crap. You got the Giants who are crap. You got, it looks like the fucking, and then we'll talk about this when we talk about the Eagles game later on. Um, just the stuff that's coming out with Lane Johnson and what he said today. Yeah. Um, so we'll talk yeah, about that Yeah, there was well. a lot, a lot of noise coming out of Lane Johnson yeah, over, yeah, the, yeah. over the last so 24 I, hours. I want to say about that as well, but we'll get to that. But I, I'm convinced the Cowboys are going to win this division, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I can buy that. I mean, this division's so weak, and the NFC landscape is so high. Like, the yeah. bar is the so top, high. The top is high. Like, if anyone's coming out of the NFC East, you got to win that division. And I think Dallas has like the tie break over everybody right now. Mm-hmm. So uh, second point, huge, huge statement win by Baltimore on the road against Seattle. They're in, you know, Century Link Field, one of the loudest stadiums in the league, probably one of the loudest stadiums in the country when you factor in some college football arenas. Um, huge win, like I said. Uh, the defense of Baltimore, they look great, especially with the addition of Marcus Peters over uh, earlier in the week. They uh, The rave the the Rams traded him to Baltimore. It was like a player-for-player player swap for a linebacker and a, I think a comp pick uh, for next year. And uh, Marcus Peters, I think he's like one of the – I think he's the first player in NFL history to have a pick six mm-hmm. for two different teams in the same season. Wow. So, uh, I mean, he looked great. Uh, him and Marlon Humphrey, I think they could be one of the best cornerback tandems in the league right now. Marlon Humphrey, I think he had a scoop uh, fumble recovery for a touchdown in this game as well, too. Uh, Lamar Jackson, he did most of his damage in this game on the ground. Uh, I mean, it was raining up in uh, up in Seattle. His wide receivers didn't do him a whole lot of help. Uh, they dropped a couple of passes for him. But, I mean, 14 rushes, 116 yards, one touchdown. Lobbied big time with uh, Coach Harbaugh to go for our fourth and one instead of kicking a field goal. He got that touchdown yeah. on that run. And... Uh, he seems like he wants it, man. Definitely ballsy, man. He's got he got more balls in a Chinese ping pong tournament, bro. Like wow, it, it what was an it was uh he I mean he was lobbying hard. He had like they had to burn a timeout to get the well, offensive unit back. Well, on the field. well, Colin Coward made this point where like the kid seems to want it so bad, and I, and I was trying to figure out why I like this kid so much, and it's not his performance because the performance I'm still shaky on. Like there's two weeks where he plays amazing at quarterback, then three weeks of crap, and then he's like uh, inclining again. You know what I'm saying? And I think why I really like him is because of his intangibles, right? His want, his every single time you hear him talk, you can just feel yeah. the kid wants greatness, and I I think it's refreshing to see stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I that's why I like him. I mean, he I'm feels still, slightly on draft night. Yeah, exactly. Right, he has a massive chip on the chip on his shoulder, and he's obviously using it. Um, but I mean, up until now, I'm still listen. I'm still on the fence about his throwing abilities, and maybe he'll progress later down the road. I was ready to coordinate him about uh, you know two weeks in, but obviously he hasn't lived up to the passing ability. He's using his legs quite a bit right now to supplement some of his throwing issues, which is fine for you quarterback but over the long haul he's gonna have to develop into a pocket right. passer because this league if this one thing has taught us is it will spit up run, running quarterbacks yeah it will just destroy them absolutely so i mean I, I love the kid simply put but right now if you had to look at that draft class that was what the 2018 draft yep. class yep i mean you gotta put lamar yep. allen mm-hmm. i mean don't donald after last Donald night. Baker Rosen, yeah, yeah. that's I mean, you kind of well, gotta Rosen's, go in that order. Rosen's done, right? Um, 
Baker's almost about to be done as well here soon if he doesn't turn it around. Well, Ryan Leaf <laughs> is doing comparisons. Yeah. He did a comparison on CBS of his like his career and how he handled the media yeah. to Baker Mayfield right now. We got big problems. Yeah. But back to Baltimore real quick to wrap this up. Uh, this team, that huge statement win. They go into this week. It's a bye week for them uh, for week eight. But next up, they got a big, big matchup at home against the New England Patriots. And I think... Sunday night game. It's, it's a Sunday a night time. game. Yep. It's in Baltimore. Yep. And I think this is going to be the one, like the first team, because, you know, you can, the, the Pats' schedule, it gets a little bit harder. You got Baltimore, then you have Dallas, and you got um, a couple other hard hitting teams. I think Baltimore is going to be the first real test that this defense is going to face because if they drop man, if they drop man like yep. they did last night against yep. the Jets and earlier this week, yep. you're going to have Lamar Jackson run all over them. Is, it, is it bad that as a Patriots fan, I'm more scared about that game than any other game. The because Baltimore of, one? Because of who he is as a runner. Right. Like, I, I've seen us take down Patrick Mahomes. I've seen us, and I think we can take down the Cowboys. But Lamar Jackson scares the fuck out of me. Yeah. Because it's not just about the play that's called for him in the huddle. It's the play that he creates as well on the fly. Right. It's two plays you got to guard for. And that's hard for a defense. Right. Even and, a great defense. And, you know, we got, you know, you got Bill Belichick, greatest, greatest head coach, greatest defensive mind that this league has ever seen, he's going to come out, he's going to be dialing up different ways to stop, yeah. you know, this uh, this kid Jackson. But, man, I mean, if you, you drop man, you play cover zero the whole time. Yeah. He's, he might just pick you apart on the, with his legs. Dude, you know what I liked? I liked hearing, uh, I was talking, I listened to his interview after the game or whatever it was, and he was talking about how, like, in the first half, he was getting caught from behind by the linebackers, but then he switched out his shoes and he was totally fine in the second half. And, yeah. I, and I watched the highlights, and he was like, oh, my God, that's right. I see him running much quicker in the second half than the first half. Mm-hmm. And he looked like he's at a different speed, man. Like, this is some, this is like some Tyreek Hill shit at quarterback. Yeah. I don't think anyone's seen anything like this. I don't think Vic. we have. Yeah, I don't think Vic and was Vic this wasn't quick. even that, like, no, that Vic quick. was Vic was quick um, in the cuts, yep. right? But this kid, he can still cut, but when he has, like, a good five yards to oh, gain game steam, over. It's, it's a wrap. You mm-hmm. might as well just give up. You know what I'm saying? If you don't have the right angles on him, you're fucked. Right, right, right. So that was my second point. What do you got for the last one, Pacho? Uh, as always, just pencil us in the Patriots update for the fucking week. Fair enough. <laughs> um, so last night, the Patriots route the Jets 33-0 um, on national TV. And it was a great performance as a team for the Patriots, um, but a very embarrassing outing for the Jets, man. It was bad. It was bad. Um, and it was funny is a lot of people, and you, you picked the Jets to win this, had the, thought the Jets were going to come out and win, and Darnold was back. And I had a lot of Jets fans of the weekend as well talk a lot of shit. And I'm like, dude, like, it's one fucking game. Like, chill the fuck out for one, one – it's one week, you know what I'm saying? Relax. Let's see what happens next week, you know? And now the Pats' D forced five turnovers and pitched another shutout. And I think we should start considering uh, this defense in the all-time great convo, right? Um, this is some legendary, legendary shit. Like, I haven't seen a defense this good. I don't think, I don't think uh, Bill Belichick has ever had a defense this good before. You know I think saying? it's better than the 2017. Exactly, right? As the, a whole. Yeah. As a whole unit. Right? Um, now, more will be told as the weeks go on, as the competition picks up. And this week is going to be a big test because, obviously, the Browns, obviously, not that, they're not that good. But can this defense check all those weapons? 
Can this defense match up with OBJ and Jarvis? And oh, I think they're going to have a day. Right? I'm going to call it right now. I think they could get probably five turnovers from Baker Mayfield. Exactly. And, and that's the thing, though, is uh, Baker Mayfield himself is a quarterback that is turnover prone. So that's where I, I feel comfortable. But I want to see how um, how are they consistently getting beat by OBJ or if they're keeping him in check. I want to watch. I want to break down the film and see if Jarvis is getting open. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because right now it's suffocating defense on the wide receivers and tight ends. But they haven't played OBJ or Jarvis yet. Now, in the grand scheme, scheme of things, it doesn't matter if uh, you know Baker's going to complete those passes or not, if it's going to be turnovers, but I want to see the one-on-one battles between the DBs and right. the wide receivers and see how, how we come out. Um, the Pats offense looked great for one half, at least. That, um, first, that opening drive, what was it, like 12 oh, plays? That was, was like vintage. a seven-minute oh drive. Dude. Oh, that was vintage Patriots. Just come out and just take your fucking will. And I was, oh my god, we're fucking about I was screaming at the TV because I'll cop to this. I, I picked the Jets to win. I had more faith in their front seven. I tweeted this before, right, literally right before kickoff. I said, if the Jets want to have any hope in this game, this front seven is going to need to put pressure on this offensive line of the Patriots. And every third down, Greg Williams is playing zone defense. And when they're in the red zone, I'm like, you've already given up this much. At least, why not just bring the house? Just bring the house, put pressure on the offensive line. If Tom Brady throws a touchdown, so be it. I can live with it. But if you're going to drop down in zone and you're just going to have Tom Brady pick you apart, you're not going to win this game at all. At all. So they did put pressure on Brady. And, and I'll, let me walk you through this. They put pressure on him. Um, so the short to intermediate routes where Brady needs about 3.5 to 4 seconds to get the ball out for the intermediate routes and 2 seconds for the short routes, no issues there because he can get the ball away so quickly. But the deeper routes, the ones that need more than four seconds to develop, there was no shot that uh, that offensive line was going to hold up the Jets' the defensive line. And you saw you saw the second half. The second half, Brady made it a, a point to try to get Jacoby Myers into the game more, yeah. trying to lob it downfield. And the second he had to be back there to let the play develop, he, the offensive line is getting better, but it's not as good as we wanted just yet right. for them to sustain. The, I mean, they forced the Jets. They forced an intentional grounding. Mm-hmm. They they generated a pick off of pressure. But I mean, Jesus! Yeah. I, you know, despite the score, the Jets, the Jets defense at least didn't play that bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first half was, uh, you know, like I said, they're just trying to move the ball downfield, intermediate short routes, and they're fine. But the the second half is where I was like, "Fuck, man, goddamn, we had a great first half, and now you guys are returning back to this shit." So. Now, the one thing that I do like is the fact that uh, Sanu is part of the Patriots. That's a big uh, trade this morning. They paid a high price. A second rounder. Second round pick. That's the best a lot for the Patriots, man. Um, and that's perfect in my eyes. He's a perfect fit for the Patriot way. He's a good guy. He's a good team guy in the locker room. You know what I'm saying? He's a leader. And he has a big 6'2 frame that gives Brady a big catch radius. That's what Brady loves more than anything else. He, I mean, sure, the fast receiver is great to have. But if you have a receiver that has a catch radius as big as a 6'2 receiver, that's where it's at for him. Right. Um, now, the final thing I want to say. The seeing ghost comments. I don't have a problem with that. I have a massive problem with I that. Don't, you know what? I don't. The only problem I have... Not to cut you off, but real quick, just yeah. to hit my Go for it. Go for it. The only problem I have is the fact that the Jets, the, the Jets can yell at NFL fans. They yeah. can yell at ESPN all they want. And reports were from Manish Mehta. He he's the beat reporter for the New York Jets. Of the, the I think it's the New York Daily News. You know, he walked everybody through how the whole mic'd up process works. Yeah. You can be mad at the person that greenlit the comment for ESPN to run. But Adam Gase needs to have the wherewithal that you're playing the Patriots. You have a young quarterback that this is his third game of the 2019-2020 season. 
maybe we should find somebody else to mic up. What? It's because not- everybody, this has been this has been all over Twitter over the last twenty, you know, the last twelve hours, eighteen hours. Everybody's losing their shit. That comment. People say that all the time on the bench. The only problem is, is it was caught on a hot mic. And I think my, where I'm going to point the blame is not at the Jets uh, themselves or at ESPN or NFL. It's not Sam Darnold. You can't say that as a leader of a franchise, knowing you're mic'd up tonight. But he was ta- he probably forgot he was talking. Look, well, I'm not giving excuses. He, like, he, listen, he said it, as, it is what it is. As a leader, you can't be saying that. It makes you look weak. And in today's day, today's hyper-social media age, that shit's going to stick with you for a while unless until you start winning. You know what I'm saying? Like he doesn't understand the ramifications of what happened last night because that's just gonna keep circling over and over again. Wasn't he talking to wasn't he talking to coaching staff? I mean, we don't we don't we didn't have a wide enough camera angle. ESPN they, they cut the they cut the, the frame. Maybe this was the case of him just sitting on the bench and looking like he was talking to himself, being like, Oh, I'm seeing ghosts out there. Yeah. But you know, this has been said through eons of you know, of quarterbacks on NFL benches. But here's the thing. It was a bad performance by Sam Darnold. He was going to lay an egg. I, I can't. I cannot remember a worse quarterback performance in a long time. When's the last time you can? Think I, of I think this much is worse? the top. I mean, it was 0.7 QBR. 0.7 fantasy wise, it was like minus eight points, minus six, minus six point seven. But here's the thing, and this is where Darnold, his schedule allows him to kind of rebuild and remold the narrative here. You got Jacksonville this week. They just lost. They just lost Jalen Ramsey. So there's it's a defense. It's tough, but it doesn't really scare you that much. Robbie Anderson should be able to get work. You know, you, you got the, the tight end that should be coming back as well, too. Then you got Miami. You got the Giants. You're on the road in Washington. You get Oakland, Cincinnati. You get the Miami Dolphins. You get the Miami Dolphins twice in this span. If you can't beat Miami, you can't go 2-0 against Miami, then I'm going to be ringing the alarm bells. But... I just think I, it was. I'd be ringing alarm bells right now. Like, why bad, would you not be? I think it was a bad. It was a bad night. What a, it compounded by it that happens. comment. That, that comment, and I, and I think I think people need to realize in today's day and age, like that's just gonna stick with you for a while. Like the whole Eli Manning thing with his face and how on social media, and like until you started winning, like it just still stuck with him. And he's got to have the wherewithal and know that I'm on a hot mic tonight. It's gonna. It's not gonna look good if I say this shit out loud. And he just got as a quarterback, 25 percent of your salary is what you fucking say and what you don't say. Right. But you know, in the middle of the game, young quarterback. Facing zero blitz. And, and on then top when, of that, uh, why wouldn't Adam Gase help this kid out? Like, it, maybe it's, I don't know what the hot, the audibles were. Maybe he is that stupid at quarterback. But part of me has to think there's got to be some sort of cover zero beater. There's got to be some sort of short slant across the middle. Well, here's the thing. he It looked like Sam Darnold was trying to check the, the offensive line, the protection calls. Mm-hmm. And I think at one point, Matt Khalil, he missed a, he missed a little bit of the game. With an injury, they had a backup in there, but the offensive line was was a mess, regardless of what protection calls Sam Darnold called. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, he got work in the run game, mm-hmm. but he missed a couple of big-time fucking pass protections off the edge. It, and then when they were in the red zone, whenever they fake cover zero, Sam Darnold is thinking, oh, I have like five, six people rushing me. They drop seven in coverage, and then he throws a pick in the back of the end zone. It's just, I think it was just really, really harsh growing pains on national TV. And what was great, you know, where we live, we live in Connecticut. It's a tri-state area. I was listening to WFAN this morning. Who was that, Mike Francesa? No, no, no. I didn't uh, listen to Francesa. He picked, he picked the Jets to win last night as well. He's the afternoon drive. It's Francesa. I mean, he's going to pick. He, he, it, 
Enough well, said. win? Like, come on, people. Enough it's said. A, it's the Patriots coming to town. But, like, Boomer and Geo and then Evan and Robert this morning and the, the, the early morning crew, the morning drive, they were ready to write Sam Darnold's, like, See, like head, oh like headstone. Are you serious? Like Gio, uh, Come on. you know Giannotti. He was saying like, "Oh man, this is like massive, massive, you know, franchise altering decisions here. Did they take the right guy?" And I'm sitting here. It's, it's like, one fucking game. It's one. Chill the it's fuck one out. Game. That's, that's my problem with the New York media. It's one game. Everybody reacts after fucking Daniel Jones had his big game against Tampa Bay. Everybody lost their shit. Oh, we were so fucking wrong. And same thing with with this kid tonight, where Sam Darnold hit a bad. Last night doesn't mean he's gonna be crap. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's one fucking game. Let's not react on a week to week basis. You know what I'm saying? By all accounts, Daniel Jones has been crap for the last fucking five games. By all accounts, who knows? Sam Darnold could be great in the next fucking five games. Yeah. Who knows? Who fucking knows at this point? But like the fact, like it, it just blew my mind. I got a good chuckle this morning on my morning drive. But um, you have anything else to say? On this? I'm good with that. All right, my last bit. I, I uh, got that off my chest. In, uh, I, no, before you get, I had like five Jets fans over the weekend talk so much shit to me. I was like, "Where is this coming from?" It's like, dude, you need to, you need to it's win. Like, like I, like I tweeted, you need to win in the trenches and you need to generate a turnover for a touchdown, and that's going to keep you alive in this game. It's like, yeah, I know you beat the, the Cowboys, but like, we're the Patriots. Like, chill the fuck out for a second. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not going to be good for you Monday night. But my last point, uh, Antonio Brown, uh, could he be back? After the trade deadline, uh, so Sunday morning, uh, CBS uh, insider, sports reporter, longtime NFL uh, insider, Jason Lacanfora, uh, he reported that, you know, quote, numerous teams are keeping a close eye on Antonio Brown and a return back uh, this season after the trade deadline would not come as Why surprise. after the trade deadline? So I think they want to, you know, Possibly so wherever everything kind of falls. Where everything falls. Okay. I mean, you just had the 49ers. They burned a, uh, a third and a fourth round draft pick for Emmanuel Sanders. The 49ers, they were linked big time to needing a pass catcher. The Patriots, as unlikely as it seemed, they were linked as possibly another reunion with Antonio Brown. Oh, my God. What? Believe it or not, believe it. Or not, Bill Belichick still wanted to keep him on the team. It was Robert Kraft that was like, yo, get this guy out of the, get out, get this guy out of the office here. But... Um, the the lock and four was reporting this and granted like he's still in a grievance battle with the Raiders for thirty million dollars. It looks like he's about to lose that because uh owner Mark Davis he produced text messages from Antonio Brown. Did we see those to, text messages or to, no? They it hasn't been released yet, but he they did provide it to the NFL, uh the, the league offices and I believe I think it's up for an arbitrator uh for the, the grievance hearing. Uh, as evidence, and it looks like it's pretty damning that Antonio Brown's not going to be getting the $30 million that he, he thinks he's owed by the Oakland Raiders. And, uh, you know, possible possible landing spots, you know, the 49ers, I think they're out. They just got Emmanuel Sanders. The Pats, they just got Mohamed Sanu. They paid a high price for, yeah, uh, for Sanu to come over there. And I think really all that's left is the Saints, which – would make sense. Yep. You you only have oh Michael Thomas God. and old man. Could Teddy you imagine in. him? Jesus Christ! Um, and then you have the Baltimore Ravens. I don't know if yeah, that's not good for a I young mean, quarterback. You got Marquise Brown. Yeah. I guess he could play with his you know his uh, his uncle, I guess, or nephew, whatever the hell that is. And Antonio that's kind of cool Marquise though. Brown. Right? That would be sick. Yeah. Uh, and then the Colts. I don't think the Colts need yeah, him. They're... So I think really it would come down to the Saints and the Ravens. Um, I mean, I said earlier if I had to put my money on San Francisco, but that changed. But depending on how the investigation goes, you know, the uh, from a talent perspective, I wouldn't be 
it wouldn't be that bad of an idea if he comes back after the trade deadline. You don't have to burn a draft pick for him. You could sign him to a pro-rated contract. But like Lock and Ford pointed out, this is going to be strictly an ownership decision. Like, are you going to want to deal with the heat and the public attention and all that other and stuff? And even if you bring him back, who says he's going to be able to play, play right away? You might have to stash him for a year until the NFL investigation is concluded. Right. I think what We don't the, know where the fuck that stands. They just went quiet. Waiting, I think... From what Lock and Fora, if I'm reading the, the tea leaves right here, Lock and Fora is probably seeing that the NFL investigation, what they're seeing here is not enough to suspend him or put him on the, the, the commissioner's exempt list if he signs. If these reports are coming out on Sunday about an hour and a half before kickoff, that these teams, that most of them are contenders, are interested in the services of Antonio Brown – so I think the NFL, I don't, like I said before, they don't want to be in the punishment, the off-field policing department. They don't want to suspend people, especially with Roger Goodell. His contract's going to be up at the end of the year. Or, or you know, they, he wants to get through the CBA. He's probably going to be out of a job at this rate after that's done. I think they want out of that business. We saw that with Tyreek Hill. And this is a civil matter. You don't really want to go down that rabbit hole here. So I think... the. These possible landing spots, the Saints and the Ravens, those are my outside shots at this point. And Antonio Brown, ironic enough, when this report came out about an hour and a half, uh, you know, 90 minutes later, he dropped a YouTube video basically saying that from his five weeks away from football, he had time to reflect and think about things and think about family. And it was basically a promo video. Prime me a fucking route river. Oh, skills. my. I got the fuck out of here. But you know what? We've seen this in the NFL. You've said it before. Talent trumps everything. Yeah. Somebody's going to want to win. Sean Payton, I think he would be a gambling man. Put him outside with Michael Thomas. That could be something to watch. I think if anybody picks up Antonio Brown, you're as fucking stupid as they come. It's been three fucking stops now. Pittsburgh, Oakland, New England, and the guy can't keep it together. What do you think makes what do you think is gonna make him change now? He needs a paycheck. <laughs> he needed a paycheck in New England. Like he he got nine million dollars. He got thirty million dollars in fucking Raiderland. Like that doesn't compute to me. Like the guy is absolutely unhinged. You think he's some sort of fucking genius I with how he listen, created you know, whatever it was. Leaving Oakland, yeah, to go but to then New but then he turned it off when he went to fucking New England. No, he didn't, man. He's a fucking moron all the way through. And for some reason, people, you're right. Talent wins all. Why am I even going against Martin? I mean, you here, were right? two weeks ago saying we would. I could really use Antonio Brown right now. Jokingly, I, I do not want him back one bit. You saw how fucking pissed off I was when we signed him. Uh -huh. You saw how happy he was when he went. The fact that you just mentioned an outside chance the Patriots bring him up, I'm fucking shaking my pants over here. Yep. You know what I'm saying? I fucking hate the guy. I don't want anything to do with him. He's a piece of shit. Just go the fuck away, bro. Yeah, there's going to be a team that wants him. Mm, and I can think true. of one team that needs help a wide receiver. Who's that? The Patriots? <laughs> I mean, so could you imagine if the Patriots pick him up again? I would lose my shit. I'd be like, oh, what the fuck? You know, here's the thing, though. With the Patriots, you got to think about this real quick, and then we can go into our game previews with the acquisition of Sanu. Yeah somebody's going to have to go off that roster. Yeah. Either it's going to be that it's kid. It's going to be Gunnar Olszewski. Or, 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 well, Jacoby Myers seems like he's gone against some rapport. Or throw Josh Gordon on injured reserve. Josh because Gordon. Because he's dealing with a lot of injuries right now. I think Josh Gordon needs to go away. Listen, not go away because it's good for him to be in a structured environment and help him through his issues, right? I get that. But I think he needs to not be on the field because he's not that good. I mean, he's been banged up. You keep saying, like, he can't separate. If you have a banged up knee... He couldn't separate last year either. 
Oh, he, he could. He, oh, he had stop like it. he had like one good game stop against it. the Colts last year, and then that's it. You know what I'm stop saying? it. And then he went away for half the fucking year. Yeah, and then what happened in the wintertime? They ran the ball a shit ton. So yeah, you're not gonna catch a lot of balls. Anywho. Uh, all right. Um, that wraps up our storylines from week seven. Uh, 50 minutes in, and let's get to our... 50! <laughs> all right, let's go! Let's, let's get to our week, uh, week eight matchups. Uh, the first one being the Redskins versus the Vikings Thursday Night Football. Um, so Kirk Cousins has completed... It's on his comeback tour, right? The first three games are crap. The last three games are fucking awesome, right? Um, and he has been playing at an MVP level the last three weeks. Um, Kirk Cousins this past Sunday absolutely shredded the Lions defense. Um, winning 42-20. Um, he finished with 337 yards, four touchdowns, and a QBR of 90. Now, the Vikings team, I realize, will go as Kirk Cousin goes, right? Um, and on top of that, Dalvin Cook had a massively good day as well against uh, the Lions at 142 yards, two touchdowns. And at 5-2, five and, five and two, the Vikings are threatening the, in the NFC. But then again, how can, how can Kirk Cousin sustain that great play, right? Because we've seen him at crap levels as well. Uh, and as expected for the Redskins, man... <laughs> They, they lost to the 49ers in a monsoon. Nobody expected them to win. But I was surprised the Redskins moved the ball into the red zone four times, but couldn't seem to get anything done when they were down there, right? Um, that's the biggest thing with those guys. Um, not, not as much to say here with the Redskins. They're just a bad team. I'm going to go with the Vikings, 30-14. Yeah, I mean, real quick, Washington side, I mean, really, there's not, the only bright spot to talk about is Terry McLaurin. I mean, he, he might be able to uh, to get some work here. Uh, if Keenum or McCoy or whoever is that quarterback, uh, the, the Minnesota pass defense, surprising enough, is 15th against the pass. So I think McLaurin could get some work here. Uh, Washington defense, there's nothing else to talk about on Washington side. Kirk Cousins, like you said, a lot of his success is coming off of play action right now. And right at this moment, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL off of play action. Uh, his stats with that, 32 of 42, 592 yards, seven touchdowns, zero interceptions, a 157.2 passer rating. He's he's basically been perfect off of play action so far. Adam Thielen, he might miss this game with the hamstring pull. Originally, it was thought he could be out a few weeks because of how the MRI looked. He might be able to come back this week, according to head coach Mike Zimmer. I don't think you should rush him. I think Stephon Diggs should eat in this game big time. And Dalvin Cook, I, he's a he's a beast. I mean, he's looking comeback player of the year. He's looking every bit the part uh, of what the Vikings drafted him out of uh, Florida State. He's looking every bit the part of his you know rookie year before he went down with the knee injury. Uh, the over under is forty two. Give me the over and give me Minnesota. I think Captain Kirk he's gonna stick it to his old team in Washington and run that goddamn score. You line. like that? You like that? You uh, like that? All right. Uh, okay. Eagles versus Bills is the next game we're gonna pick. The Bills are five and one, and they uh, avoided a disaster on Sunday against the Dolphins. Um, the score, fi- the final score was thirty-one twenty-one with the with the Bills winning, but it was a lot closer than that score. You know what I'm saying? That that score doesn't indicate how the game, how close that game was. Yeah, the Bills didn't take him seriously the first half. Right now, Allen had a good day with 202 yards, two touchdowns, and a 50 QBR, and their running attack uh, put out 117 yards. And and for the for the most part, this Bills team is hard to gauge for me. Like, yeah, they're good with five and one record, but there are stretches where they just can't seem to move the ball. You know what I'm saying? Like Josh Allen will have a good couple of drives and have a bad couple of drives. So I don't know what to make of this team just yet. Um, the defense is great, obviously. Now on the other side, the Eagles. We we talked about it earlier, man. Woof. They got embarrassed on national TV with a big loss to the boys, um, 
Now, the Eagles are 3-4, and four, and no lie, I think it's a toss-up between the Eagles or the Browns as the most disappointed team this year. Like, who's the biggest disappointment? And I think it's a toss-up between the Eagles and the Browns, right? At 3-4 and four and 2-4, and four, right? The Browns by a little bit in my book. Yeah. But it's close, right? Yep. Um, and nobody played well on Sunday against the Cowboys. Uh, Carson Wentz was inaccurate. The skills players were not sharp. And the defense was totally overwhelmed. And to make it worse, Lane Johnson, uh, stories came out today that, you know, there's play, and Lane Johnson said this, there's players out late to meetings, late to practice, et cetera. There seems to be a lot of smoke. Brian Westbrook threw them headfirst on the Greyhound today, being right. like, Doug Peterson needs to right the damn ship. They're right. a joke right now. And, and where there's a lot of smoke, there's usually some sort of fire, right? And what I got to say, after asking Lane Johnson one thing, are you having fun now? Right? Because us Patriots fans, remember... And we still remember when you said, uh, you know, there's uh, there's no fun playing in New England, right? Because you won off of one fucking year and, uh, you know, you thought you had everything fucking solved, but you can't seem to sustain your success. So go back to mediocrity, you piece of shit. Wow. Lane Johnson. Bills 24-17. Wow. Wow. You remember I mean, that comment though, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's fun now. <laughs> Real quick on the Philadelphia side. Uh, the the wide receivers they they got to step up. I mean, granted, Carson Wentz isn't helping them out. He's in that game against Dallas. He really only had eyes for De- uh, Goddard and uh, and Zach Ertz. You got to get the wide receivers a little bit more involved. I still think Aguilar could have laid out for that that pass in the uh, the fourth quarter with eleven minutes left. Could have cut that lead down by the De- uh, by the Cowboys, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, the the defense. I'm just gonna keep saying it. Break out the rosary beads. The secondary is a gas can. Uh, Josh Allen, the biggest stat off of the off of his day on Sunday, he had zero turnovers. So I want him to build on this performance, keep minimizing the turnovers. I think uh, Smokey Brown and uh, and Cole Beasley, I think they could have a big day. Philadelphia is six against the rush, so I think Beasley and uh, could get some work underneath. Uh, John Brown could take advantage of this depleted secondary at best. They just actually, I think they just cut uh, Orlando Scandrick mm-hmm. on Monday. Uh, so that this, bad fucking performance. They could they could take advantage of that. Uh, this Buffalo defense continue to generate pressure against this banged up uh, offensive line of the Philadelphia Eagles. The over under is at forty three. Give me the over and give me Buffalo. I think the tumble for the Eagles are going to continue up in the Orchard Park. Sure. And not to throw in a spot here, but I did not pick the Seahawks-Falcons game because I thought it was going to be a bloodbath, the Seahawks winning over the Falcons. So I'm going to throw it to you. Yeah, I mean, really, the, analysis. The, the Seattle side, I mean, I, I think it's going to be a get-right game for the 12th man. Uh, is it be, in Seattle? Is they're going to be on the road. They're going to be out in uh, in Hotlanta. Uh, you know, Russell Wilson, he was a little – he had a bit of an off day. Uh, against the Baltimore Ravens. He was 20-41, 241 yards, one touchdown, one interception. I mean, Atlanta's in free fall. If Russell Wilson's going to have a a get-right career kind of day, it's going to be against this depleted defensive unit of the Falcons. Uh, Seattle is 19th against the the pass. They're going to have to figure out a way to shut down Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley, who should get a bump in target share because Mohamed Sanu is no longer down there. Uh, so they're going to have to figure out ways to shut those two guys down, along with uh, Austin Hooper, one of the best tight ends in the league right now at the moment. But I think Seattle, Jaron Brown, he was one of my waiver wire, beat the waiver wire candidates in the video I released last Friday. I think he could have a big day against this defense. I'm calling it right now. I think Jaron Brown finds his way into the end zone in this game. The Atlanta side, Every facet of the game is in free fall. It's defense, it's special teams, it's offense. You got Matt Ryan that's banged up. 
Uh, you know, Devonta Freeman's getting ejected out of a game. He's getting ragdolled by uh, Aaron Donald. It was just a bad day at the office at home. Uh, and I think I think the struggle is going to continue, especially with Matt Ryan. I think he's going to miss this game. You're going to get Matt Schaub under center. And Seattle, the 17th against the rush. If Freeman can stay on the fucking field in this game, he should be able to see a lot of run, a lot of work, especially with Edo Smith possibly missing this game because of a concussion. With all that said, the over-under, it's at 53.5. I think it's one of the highest ones in the board. Give me the over and give me Seattle on the road. Uh, and, you know, it's about time to put nail in the coffin for uh, for Dan Quinn, regardless of what Julio Jones said in like a players only meeting type of deal after the game last week. Yeah, I feel you on that. Man. I had the Seahawks uh, winning as well easily. Um, next up, Panthers versus 49ers. Uh, Panthers won a buy last week, so can't really analyze what they did last week. But uh, just the over the overarching storyline for this year for the Panthers is uh, two storylines, right? The re- resurgence after no one to start behind Run CMC, right? Um, and then what will happen when Cam Newton returns? Those two storylines are dominating um, the Panthers season so far. And I, I don't have to, I don't have I'm not envying Ron Rivera's position right now, trying to figure out if those two things are intertwined. Is it Cam Newton not being on the field the reason why they're they have this resurgence, right? Um, now it seems that if the Panthers are almost hoping Cam doesn't rush back as Kyle Allen has led them to four straight wins, right? Um, and the big question is, if Newton is Newton still hurt, or will the Panthers use the injury as a convenient excuse to keep starting Allen, right? Um, that's going to be the the biggest theme going forward for the Panthers. Now, they got the Panthers, they got the 49ers this week, and the 49ers won an ugly game versus the Redskins and advanced to 6-0 for the first time since 1990. The, ra- the rain and the wind, that fucking game was sloppy to watch, man. And it played made- in a hurricane. Exactly, right? And it was hard for Jimmy G and the offense to move the ball. So the defense stepped up and made some really big plays. The biggest play from the defense was Quan Alexander, who stripped Adrian Peterson late to clinch the game as the Redskins were semi-driving at the end of the game. It was never in question, but that's the play that fucking clinched the game. And then uh, Nick Bosa is playing out of his mind the last three weeks. Um, he's really starting to come alive. The first, half of the, the first half of the year so far, he wasn't that great. But the last three or four games, he's really rounding into shape. Uh, I will, however, take the Panthers winning in 49er land. I think oh, the Panthers okay. are going to go We're across country yeah, and beat the 49ers and take them down for their first loss. Yeah, okay. I mean, real quick, just on the Carolina side, uh, Riverboat Ron, he came out, he he headed off any questions of, oh, is Cam Newton going to come back in this game? He immediately said, Kyle Allen's their guy. And I just think of the New England Patriots when Drew Bledsoe went down with an injury. I think I think he almost died because of that. He had internal bleeding from that head off of uh, the New York Jets uh, linebacker. And I think... You, you have to ride the hot hand in this one. Kyle Allen, the, you know, he's 4-0 right now since taking over the job. And I was talking to our, our boy, I guess you could call him our Panthers insider, Justin, uh, of how I think the young wide receiver core of, uh, you know, Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore, I think they've come along a lot more with Kyle Allen under center than than uh, Cam Newton. Granted, Cam Newton's ceiling's the highest out yeah. of the two. If you had to, If you had to put it up there... But at least with Kyle Allen, he's not waiting and holding and trying to do hero ball and wait for the play downfield to develop. If he doesn't see the look downfield, he's going to take the easy money underneath, whether it's Greg Olson, a little check down to, uh, to run CMC. I think he's doing great with the ball short of fumbling, but, you know, it is what it is. He didn't have a fumble last uh, last week with uh, against Tampa Bay. So 
I, I like really what uh, what Kyle Allen's got bringing to the table. The San Francisco side, I mean, this defense is elite. You got Bosa, DeForest Buckner, Solomon Thomas, D. Ford. Uh, I think they could have a day. Carolina, my boy. You know, Carolina, the 21st in uh, in pass protection. I think they could eat in this game. Uh, Carolina's 23rd against the rush as well. I think uh, you know Matt Breida and and Tevin Coleman. They could eat on the ground this week. Uh, Jimmy G. I just want to see a little bit more. I want to see a little bit more of a step forward uh, from in this game over the past two weeks. So uh, I, I I just I. I think San Francisco San Francisco's going to win. Uh, Over-under is 41.5. Give me the under, though, but I have San Francisco winning at home. What does Juice think about that whole Cam Newton, was, um, Kyle Allen thing? I, I haven't talked to him about it a while. I was I talking to him about, about it today, and it was like that meme with the guy with like the two buttons, and he's like yeah. dabbing the sweat. Uh, I, I straight up asked him, you're Riverboat Ron, you're Dave Tepper, you got a gun to your head, who are you rolling with? And he picked Kyle Allen. Interesting. Hmm. All right. Uh, next, next up, uh, the Patriots versus the Browns. Um, I won't detail all the Patriots points again. Bottom line, they are rounding into shape on offense. The offensive line is gelling, and Mohamed Sanu is going to make a big impact in my mind. Uh, defense is all-time great, and I believe this defense can make Baker look as bad uh, look bad as well since he is turnover-prone, right? Um, I can see a multiple interception game. Um, on a bye week for the Browns, so nothing to analyze there. But the bigger picture for the Browns is what has happened to the Browns this season, man. They have come apart fully in my eyes. Um, they had the most hype coming into the season, and they're two and four now. Um, they start winning, or else the season is over, man. Like I mean, you got like Patriots, you got the Ravens, you got the Cowboys all coming up here soon. You're gonna be two and seven before you know it, and at that point, what's the point of trying to make a comeback late in the season? You know, right, right. Um, so they, they gotta start winning now. Uh, it's another must win for them, but they're not gonna beat the Patriots. Um, I think it's gonna be another blowout, truthfully. I think it's gonna be like forty-two to maybe seventeen. Um, I think there's gonna be two picks thrown by um, by Baker, and on top of that, I am really intrigued to see how the secondary matches up with OBJ. Jay and Jarvis. Right, so I just right, want to right. see can they stick with them? Will elite uh, wide receiver talent beat them? I just want to see how that pans out. Right. No. I mean, really quick. Only on the Cleveland side, uh, if they're going to have any hope in this game, it's going to be Miles Garrett and Sheldon Richardson. They, they're going to have to get a lot of push up against this offensive line. They're going to have to test this this New England offensive line. They look great against, you know, great up until about the third or fourth quarter against the Jets where they finally were able to get some Well, uh, and that's, and that's when Brady and the Patriots were trying to go downfield. When they need more than four seconds of, of uh, protection from the right. line to try to work those uh, deeper routes. And that's something they got to work on. Right. But, uh, you know, Miles Garrett and Sheldon Richardson, they should be able to get some push against this offensive line here. Uh, I mean, the Cleveland bye week couldn't have come at a better time. They They were on the ropes big time. Uh, the New England side... There's nothing else I can say about the defense. I mean, they they were they were just stellar. They they're probably one of the best in the NFL. They are the best in the NFL and probably one of the top five in history at this moment. At this moment in time, uh, the pass catchers. It looks like Josh Gordon. He might be low man on the totem pole with the addition of Mohamed Sanu. Uh, there's nothing else I can say about this offensive line for for the New England Patriots. Uh, I just want to see a little bit more of the run game from Sony Michelle. Yes, he had three touchdowns, but he only did that on 43 yards, you know, 43 total yards uh, of rushing. Uh, Vegas is calling this a 40, what is this, 46 and a half. I don't think I've ever seen that. Uh, 46 and a half, give me the over and give me New England. I think they're just going to embarrass Cleveland, especially especially because it's another former organization of Bill Belichick. Yeah, so yeah, of course. Uh, next up, Raiders versus the Texans. 
Um, the Raiders got blown out by the, the Packers on Sunday. Uh, the final score was 42-24. But the Raiders were in, were in this game for most of the game until Carr had the fumble out of yes. the end zone. Which is done twice now. And he's got to watch you that. You think he fucking learned. Right? Now, the biggest problem wasn't that Green Bay was just so much better at coaching or so they had so many better players. It was simply the fact that Raiders marched three times deep into red zone and couldn't convert. Simply put, three three defense, uh, three uh, trips in the red zone with zero points is the fucking game at 42-24. Yeah, I think one of them was a pick. Uh, Carr tried to force so the ball to Darren one was Waller. a pick, one was the uh, fumble, and one was a fourth and goal stop uh, by Josh on uh, Josh Jacobs. He yep. was throwing on the ball and he couldn't get in. Um, so the Raiders are better than I expected, truthfully. Um, and if they play their cards right with Mahomes hurt, they can win the AFC West. Mm-hmm. I mean, they got to capitalize now, though. Um, the Texans side, so inconsistent. I just don't get this team. Up and down, up and down. Um, on Sunday, their inconsistent play cost them the first place in the FC East with a loss to the Colts. Um, the defense of the Texans could not stop Jacoby Bursett, who had four touchdowns. Um, and they went back to the old way of the Houston Texans where they were asking Watson to do everything, right? It wasn't that complimentary football they played the, the couple weeks before that. Fuller went down. He only played like one one play. Yeah. He pulled a hamstring. And Deshaun Watson himself had an okay day, um, but his two interceptions really killed the Texans, especially the, the interception in the fourth quarter that iced the game. Um, additionally, the Texans had 10 penalties for two weeks straight, and that's never a winning formula. So they, the overall theme is they got to be more consistent, and I do think they get right this week. They do beat the Raiders 30-23. Okay. All right. Uh, really, just on the Oakland side, I think Oakland, they're just going to need to air the ball out. Uh, Houston is uh, top five against the rush, but they are 29th against the pass. If, uh, if Tyrell Williams is able to play, he's dealing with plantar fasciitis right now. Uh, if he's able to play, he should have a decent day. Darren Waller, Waller the baller, he got his uh, contract extension right before the Green Bay game. He got his first touchdown as a Raider in that game as well, too, against uh, the Packers. Uh, I think just because of the volume that Waller is going to see, and he's you know he's a converted wide receiver, you can line him up all over the formation. I think he could have a good day as well, too, uh, like I said, along with Ty Williams. And this defense, this front four with Cleveland Farrell and Max Crosby and company, I think they could have a day against this offensive line. Uh, Deshaun Watson, he was sacked three times, and he seemed a little he seemed hurried at that point in the game. Uh, a couple of costly turnovers on his part uh, last week. So I think if they're able to generate some pressure, they should have a decent day. Uh, the Houston side, uh, the the offensive line, they're going to have to just regain form from two weeks ago. But I think I think DeAndre Hopkins should have a day. If Watson's able to have time in the pocket and push the ball downfield, Oakland's dead last in uh, in defense against the pass, and uh, they just traded a former first round pick in a Garen, what was it Garen Conley uh, for a third round? Gary on Conley Texans. from Ohio State, go back guys. Yep, yeah, they flipped a first rounder to the team they're playing for a third round pick. So. Uh, interesting move there. Like I said, Will Fuller is going to be missing this game and possibly a couple of other weeks due to a really bad hamstring pull. Uh, the over-under in this game, Christ, it is 51. Give me hmm, give me the under. Give me Oakland on the road. All right, all right. Uh, next up, Green Bay versus Kansas City. Sunday night football. Which is going to be an absolutely amazing shootout if Patrick Mahomes didn't get hurt. Oh, I think this is the first bad. time Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay and uh, Kansas City played against each other, right? Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes? Yeah. I don't think they've ever played against no, each this other. Would be the, this would, would have been the first time. So for me, I think Green Bay or New Orleans is the best NFC NFC uh, team. I know 
Um, the 49ers are undefeated, but just that shaky quarterback play from Jimmy G has me worried about the 49ers. Um, Green Bay is coming off an impressive 42-24 win versus Oakland. Rodgers was the old Rodgers. Peak Rodgers with six touchdowns, 429 yards, posting a perfect uh, quarterback rating, and he put himself in the lead of the MVP race. Um, it was an overall perfect game from the Packers on offense and defense. Um, and I think the Green Bay offense is finally catching up to the, the Packers defense, and that's going to be a scary team. Yep. Now, Matt Moore with the Kansas City Chiefs. I truthfully like Matt Moore. We I had like this conversation too. early uh, in the uh, storylines. He had a great run with Miami when he was called upon, and now another franchise needs him uh, to keep things alive. Um, Kansas City will need to rely on the run game and defense until Patrick Mahomes gets back. Um, and defense played good versus Denver, but again, it was Denver, only allowing with 205 yards and eight sacks versus a very nonchalant Joe Flacco who seems like he didn't give one fuck he out there. He looked... Why is he out there? Why is he in the NFL still? Smoking Jay, I put this on a Twitter poll, Smoking Jay was more, looked more interested in playing football than Joe Flacco on like, Thursday. Why, why is he still in the NFL? I don't I, get it. I don't know. Um, but you know what's funny? I, I found it hilarious that uh, Joe Buck was just like, this guy doesn't give a fuck one bit. Troy on Aikman was clowning him. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Troy Aikman. That's what he was, not Joe Buck. Troy, yeah. I mean, everybody everybody was clowning him, but uh, Troy Aikman was ruthless. But uh, Kansas City isn't built like New Orleans where they can survive with the star quarterback going down. Um, so I expect the Packers to beat the Kansas City Chiefs 35-24. Okay, all right. Uh, real quick, just on the Packers side, you said all the all the you know superlatives, all the greatness of Aaron Rodgers against Oakland last week, so not going to beat a dead horse here. Uh, but I think Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, they should be able to have a day on the ground. I mean, even after that performance against the, the Broncos on Thursday, uh the, the Chiefs' rush defense, they're, they're still in the bottom part of the league in rush defense. I think Jamal and, and Aaron Jones, especially both of them, they could be using the passing game as well too. So dual threat running backs right here. Green Bay defense with Mahomes out. Uh, I think that you know the Kansas City is going to look to run the ball a little bit more. Uh, the Green Bay defense, they're going to have to shore up that run defense and, and make sure McCoy and insert which Williams, whether it's Darren or Daryl or uh, you know wh- whichever one. Uh, is running the ball in between the tackles. Uh, like you said, Matt Moore, I, I, I like Matt Moore a lot. I think there, it could be interesting uh, with what happens here. He's a serviceable quarterback, got the Dolphins to the playoffs. Um, I think you're going to see a little bit more of a balanced attack. Uh, but I'm with you. The Vegas is calling this as a 48 total. Give me the under, though, and give me uh, give me Green Bay in this one on Sunday Night Football. Nice, nice. And I did not mean to – I did not pick the – There's nothing to talk about. I mean, Dolphins, I'll, I'll Steelers. Re- you I'll can, it's all it you, brother, quick. man. Recap it real quick. Uh, Dolphins, Steelers, Monday Night Football, real barn burner. Uh, I mean, who knows who's starting at quarterback. Flores said two weeks ago that Rosen was their guy. And then after the, uh, the loss to the Redskins, Fitzpatrick became quarterback one. Uh, I mean, against the, the, the Bills, Fitz looked decent-ish, 25 or 35, 282 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Uh, the defense, they've really been the only bright spot for the Dolphins. They've, they've held their own in every game in the first half, and then the wheels fall off the bus in the second half because they're fucking gassed. The offense isn't able to get anything going. And since his acquisition from uh by the Dolphins uh, of Taco Charlton. I think he's leading uh, the team with sacks right now uh, since he's come over from uh, from the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, defense is 28th against the pass, 
if Fitz or Rosen or insert other player here at quarterback has time to throw the ball, I think Devontae Parker and Preston Williams, they should be able to do some damage. Parker scored a touchdown in each of the last three games, but who knows if he'll be traded by then. I mean, you have, uh, you know, Kenyon Drake. He's linked to, to be rumored to going to the Detroit Lions now that uh, on Johnson's going to be on a short-term IR with a knee injury. The Pittsburgh side, uh, Rudolph is out of the concussion protocol. Looks like he's going to be starting this week. Juju Smith-Schuster, he should be having a revival game against the Dolphins. I mean, even if Xavier Howard's able to go this game, I think if Mason Rudolph is able to push the ball downfield, Juju Smith-Schuster should have a day. And the Steeler defense, they've been improving over the last four weeks incrementally since they traded for Minka Fitzpatrick, former Dolphin, fucking shocker. Uh, Against this weak Dolphins O-line, this front four, front seven, they should be able to uh, smother the life out of my Dolphins. Uh, Over-unders 42-and-a-half. Give me the under and give me Pittsburgh. And as a Dolphins fan, give me the fucking first overall pick as well. I don't want us to win. If we're going to fucking tank, give us the goddamn first overall pick. All right. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to pick that game because I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> you know what? I'm just going to watch my team get eviscerated on national television. I can't, I just can't wait to hear Joe Tessitore and Booger McFarlane come up with ways to fill you know, three hours of fucking airtime talking about the Steelers and the Dolphins. Yeah. You know, Booger McFarlane's not that bad, by the way, in the uh, in the booth. I don't it's mind him. He's not in the fucking Booger yeah, Mobile. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, that is uh, a wrap on this week. Uh, an hour and 15 minutes in. Well, well I mean, we kind of rushed through those games. So yeah, we did. <laughs> we're, we're at 55 minutes with just uh, intros and fucking week three uh, storylines. There's a lot to talk about. Yeah. There's a lot to talk about. Uh, yeah. All right. I will leave it to you to plug it up, sir. Yeah, I'll tell you. that's all. Okay, I didn't know if it was. I didn't I, know if you had more of a red carpet there. I, I thought, yeah, I thought. I thought I was gonna say something else. It's nine twenty-seven on a Tuesday, right. bro. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> you can find us Facebook, Instagram, Pro Football Radio Podcast, Twitter at PFR Podcast. I'm on Twitter, Brando underscore Puma. My co-host here, Jay Chima, aka Poncho, is at Jay Chima on the Twitter machine. You can find us uh, on SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher. Like I said last week, uh, I'm going to try to do a little bit more of a quick video on Fridays, Fantasy Football Friday, give you a little bit last minute, waiver wires before the Sunday night, uh, Sunday kickoffs, a little bit of beat the waiver wires like last week's video. So check those out as well too. Should be coming out early on Friday mornings around 10, 11 o'clock in the morning. And that's all I got really. If you have any feedback, let us know. This is your podcast. We want to cater towards you guys. And that's it. So speaking of fantasy, I uh, I've won two in a row in the uh, PFR podcast well, league. Look at that after those trades. I uh, I'm about to change my name, a team name, from Make the Pain Stop to Comeback City to see what. Why not? <laughs> Why not? No, I had to fucking do some drastic measures to fucking up uproot that team and start all over. You know. Look at that. I don't have anything else to say uh, about those trades. Uh, I'm saying took one of the guys and Um, Yeah, anywho. (laughs) All right, people. We love you all. We'll talk to you next week. Bye, Acondio.